0: just after 3 o'clock in the nation's capital, an hour to go. We'll still have our NFL Sunday six-pack, dum-dum of the day. Try and squeeze in as many of your calls as we can. Eagles commanders coming up on Sunday, but right now it's time to rewind and take a look back at some of the history of this franchise and uh, one of its most interesting members, if you will, of the long and sometimes sordid and sometimes glorious history of the Washington Redskins, of course, is George Allen. And for those of you that weren't alive back then, uh, when he was here, you certainly know the Allen name, and many of you probably associated it for bad reasons, but George Allen was a football coach's football coach, and here to talk about that is the author of the new book, George Allen, A Football Life, with the foreword by Dick Vermeule. My guy, Mike Richmond, longtime historian of the organization, and good dude, and he's with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Mike, good to talk to you. As always, congratulations uh, on the book. Again, George Allen, A Football Life, with uh, Dick Vermeule contributing. Absolutely. Welcome aboard. Um, I I guess, you know, I wanted to ask you, I I don't remember if we talked about this in the press box. At one point, what made? I mean, obviously, you do a lot of historical work with this franchise, and George Allen was clearly one of the the, the faces of that. Is that what drove you to do this book, or was there some other reason? Those are are two different elements of
1: it, which influenced me to to write the book. Uh, Basically, having done all this historical work, writing the Redskins Encyclopedia, the Redskins Vault, uh, Joe Gibson' enduring legacy. I've learned so much about about the history of the team, and but I felt that that George Allen was the missing piece. And I'll go back to uh, I was certainly someone who was alive when he was uh, coaching here in the 1970s. I grew up with that Redskins team. Uh, I lived vicariously through the, through George Allen and those players. And then, you know, having chosen journalism as a career. And having such a love for history, you know, I, I put all the pieces together and I, I thought it was incumbent upon me to write a biography on George Allen. I mean, I, a definitive biography on this man, and he certainly deserves it and his life uh, needed to be explored, and and I felt I was the person to do that. All
0: right. No doubt. Uh, I mean, you would have the most knowledge of that. I mean, maybe outside of his family, who I know contributed heavily to the book. Before we get there, how would you, based on your research, based on what you wrote, how would you define George Allen? What I, I understand, like you know, obviously I wasn't, I was a a baby back then, uh, and I certainly wasn't here, but he was. He seems to be. One of these old-school football coaches that just worked 24 hours a day.
1: Exactly, yes. He was one of the first 24-7 coaches in the NFL. I'm not going to say he was the first. I mean, George Hallis, his uh, top mentor, was certainly one of those guys, Sid Gilman, another coach uh, that Allen uh, uh, coached under. Uh, He was the same way, but Allen learned from those guys, and he – he took it to that next level. He was really, really 24-7. I mean, we, we often think that Joe Gibbs was the only coach who is sort of, like, slept in his office, mm-hmm. you know, on the days of uh, when he coached. George Allen was in there, too. He was in there night and day and uh, watching the films. He was so serious about about watching those tapes and films and knowing everything he could possibly know about the opposing team. As the saying goes, you know, he wanted to know those teams better than they knew themselves. And he just devoted himself so much to it was detail, detail, detail. I mean, that's that's the way he was. He was also a a very eccentric figure. I mean, he had his his own ways of actually. Um, for instance, to to save on time, he didn't want to chew. Yeah, he would cut off the ends of bread. I,
0: re- I, I read that I read that anecdote, and and I was like, what? Huh? Huh? That was George what? Allen. He wanted all the
1: time he possibly right. could. Right. To to devote to coaching he actually he didn't sleep a whole lot he wanted that time to to focus on coaching you know uh, one of his nicknames was ice cream mm-hmm. and the reason being back to his eating habits uh, he wanted something that was very easy to consume and that would be you know very fast to swallow so he could focus on coaching that was george allen call from mom answer it
0: call silenced
1: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game
0: Mike Richmond is the author of George Allen, A Football Life. Again, the forward by Dick Vermeil, available uh, shortly. Uh, right? It's, it's not available just yet or. or- the official
1: the, the official date of release is November first. It's okay. right around the corner. Right, I have copies of the book already. Uh, anyone can uh, get an author autographed copy uh, through my my website, uh, Mike at mike dot uh, So I have those available. The official release date is November first. It's going which is the date basically they're they're targeting for it to be in, in the stores. Right,
0: right around the corner. Of course, here at the end of October. Um, so some of this maniacal preparation and 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 consumption of football at a time where, you know, film and tape, I mean, obviously it's a completely different game. You can literally punch a button anywhere and pull up, you know, a team's third down and and nine plays or whatever. A- I mean, so uh, clearly it was much harder to do this job back then. But did, did some of that maniacal behavior, knowledge, work ethic, what have you, lead to some of the friction he had – with the owners and people that he worked with.
1: Yes, uh, it, it wasn't so much that that total devotion and, and the work ethic. I mean, just he was a very he was isolated in, in, in the fact that um, he he didn't want to spend a whole lot of time with, with the owners. He didn't really, you know, convey to them everything that they they really wanted to know in that sense. Yes. I mean, he was very introverted. Uh, in that respect, but what the, what those owners really, really disliked about him were his spending habits. I mean, he just really to get those veteran players, which he focused on so much, as mm-hmm. you know, as an NFL coach with both the Los Angeles Rams, and then he took it to uh, just a totally new level with the Redskins. I mean, he had, he had to pay a lot of money to get those veteran players in there. And, but he had, and, and, you know, talking about a lack of technology, I mean, he had these players, he could find one immediately on his Rolodex, I mean, he had, for instance, when Rosie Greer, one of the fearsome foursome, went down in the 1966 uh, preseason, 1967 preseason, he had Roger Brown available right away. Roger Brown, the great defensive lineman on the Detroit Lions at the time, he had him available right away. I mean, he he got him. I mean, it was a he had to, you know. Put up a lot in terms of a a trade, Mm -hmm. but he got Roger Brown, and the fearsome foursome kept rolling in that 67 season, by the way, I think was Allen's best overall year of coaching in the NFL.
0: George Allen, uh, Football Life is the name of the new book from my guy Mike Richman, a longtime NFL and Redskins historian, uh, and again the foreword by Dick Vermeil. Uh, we'll put up all the uh, you know requisite information on how you can get an early uh, version of the book, but it'll be widely available uh, again starting November 1st. He's with us on the BackQL guest hotline. Um so I mean obviously unf- and unfortunately for George's legacy, he Um, you you know, the name Allen, of course, is not held in high regard right now and maybe never will be again here in Washington because of Bruce's 10-year run here as president and so on and so forth. Um, Do you think, before I ask you about Bruce's involvement in the book, do you think that some of George's history and legacy and accomplishments will be permanently overlooked, overshadowed, dismissed because of how... I guess controversial, his son's tenure was here in Washington.
1: I'm going to respectfully disagree with that, Chris. I, I do not think that it's going to taint his father's accomplishments in any way. I mean, George Allen, the coach, he's he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, he's number three all-time uh, for coaches with at least 100 career victories and winning percentage, seven twelve uh John Madden's number one Lombardi too. So I, I personally do not think it's going to taint his his accomplishments. I know Bruce Allen, you know, there were plenty of controversies while he was here, uh but no I I I do not think that it, that will be the case.
0: No problem. Uh, just wanted to ask uh well let's speak of Bruce. I I understand he was a large helping hand in helping shape this book with you or at least giving you uh, the perspective as, as his son. What did, you know, what did Bruce, um, I, I guess, in general, I mean, I'm sure he, I, I know he was, you know, he he thought of his father very highly. Was there anything that you were shocked to learn, surprised to learn, anything that you were like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about that, about George through Bruce? Uh, Bruce was, was a
1: tremendous source for me in terms of insight into his father. Bruce was literally on the front lines of his, In his father's coaching days, uh, starting primarily when Bruce was a ball boy mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Allen's first season coaching there was 1966, Bruce was immediately a ball boy. So he was front and center uh, with not only the Rams, but also the Redskins as well. Uh, Bruce was a ball boy, probably up until the time that he... Uh, was either graduated from Langley High School uh, or was close to graduation, so so he was he was right there and just the tremendous anecdotes that he shared uh, about his father. I mean, it it just it, it made the book all the you know the more colorful. Um, and and George Felix Allen. Uh, the other son the older uh, son he was he was a tremendous source as well as was Jennifer Allen mm-hmm. those three in the Allen family were instrumental in in shaping the 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 way in this book really uh, it it brings their father's um name and it brings it to life you know with everything that they shared um one interesting question i i thought i i had a number of interesting questions for for all of them but one question i had for Bruce was his father was so good at finding rookie talent, mm-hmm. the great rookie players. When he was the head talent scout for the Chicago Bears, which would be, would be the equivalent of a general manager today, he found Mike Ditka, uh, uh, um, Sayers, Butkus in the '65 draft, which is arguably, you know, one of the greatest drafts in, in NFL history. Both of those guys were first ballot yep. inductees into the Hall of Fame. So he had this this such a tremendous, such a keen eye for for rookie talent at that time. I said, Bruce, why then? when he got to the NFL as as a head coach, why did he focus so much on veteran players? Why was he so dependent on them? And Bruce explained that it was because the the role and the the, the pressure that a head NFL head coach uh, was under, it was all changing at that time. His first NFL head coaching job was in nineteen sixty six with the Rams. It was becoming much more high pressured at the time and he felt that getting those veteran players in he would, would uh enable his teams to win much faster. And as you know, George Allen had the saying, the future is now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he coined that in 1971, his first year with the Redskins. He always held true to that motto.
0: Mike Richman with us again. George Allen, a football life, forward by Dick Vermeil uh, available uh, now and shortly everywhere, uh, and we'll put up all the information for you so you can get a hold of this book. Um, I wanted to ask you before we run out of time: the '72 season, obviously, <coughs> excuse me, great season, playoff run, they beat the Cowboys, all that. They get to the Super Bowl and lose to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins remain and are still the only undefeated team in NFL history. How much – I mean, he's obviously got a tremendous legacy as it is. You mentioned a lot of his accomplishments, Hall of Fame, this, that, and the other thing. How much do you think, I guess, George's legacy would have been shaped differently or better or more or whatever if they would have actually been able to pull off that win and that upset over the Dolphins?
1: Right, I think he would have been up there much closer to uh, to like the all-time greats today. He wouldn't be one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have made the NFL Films uh, 100 Greatest uh, Team in in uh, 2019 among the coaches. But it, it definitely would have elevated him in terms of stature among the the all-time greatest coaches, and would have pushed him closer to his, his contemporaries at the time, uh, uh, Chuck Noll, um, Landry. Uh, Shula, for that matter, Shula, and Shula and, uh, and Landry were were two of his top rivals. Um, it would have pushed him closer to them, and they were those Redskins were very close to to winning that game. Actually, uh, uh, it was only fourteen to seven, and, and and they were right there at the end. Um, so, yeah, in, in answer to your question, in, in, his uh, his legacy it would have been uh, much brighter today, but he wouldn't be among like the all time elite coaches he wouldn't be like a lombardi or
0: anything right, like that right 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 what was besides a ferocious work ethic and 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 all of the things that you've already explained what what what, what else was he known for if you will in terms of his style or his uh, you know like landry is 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 long known as you know this revolutionary you know kind of designer of certain things that we still see in in football today what what was george's i guess impact
1: His two major factors that got him into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and, and, you know, and actually this is a a bit of a reflection on the fact that he never won a Super Bowl, but the fact that he was such a great innovator in the game, defense and special teams, those were his fortes. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, he had these – pioneering uh, schemes on defense, the, uh, the nickelback, the, the dime defenses, the, the five and six uh, defensive backs, uh, special teams. He was the the true, the, like the first coach who put so much emphasis on special teams. He made special teams special. I mean, his hiring of Vermeil in 1969 as the Rams special teams coach came the same year that Marv Levy was hired as the – first uh, as the other first uh, special teams coach in the NFL mm. for the Philadelphia Eagles so he put so much emphasis on special teams and let me give you just one little example uh, I, I, this is details in special teams in 1976 Allen brought Bill Malinchek back from Wall Street, and Malinchek was like a uh, commodities broker on Wall Street or something toward the end of the 76 season, and George Allen said, listen, we got to bring you back. i, I got something up of my sleeve. I, you know, I know you're going to block a punt or whatever, and sure enough, in the season ending regular season game against the Cowboys that year, Malinchak blocked a punt. He blocked Danny White's punt in the season-ending game. The Redskins won that game and went to the playoffs mm. that year in 76. So that was George Allen in details. He knew something about Danny White, whatever, positioning or the blocking of the Cowboys or whatever he thought Malinczyk would get through, who was a great punt blocker. So that was George Allen, and uh, just focused on special teams and and, uh, and details.
0: Well, you know, th- that makes me happy because I'm a big special teams guy, and, and I, I care way more about special teams than I probably uh, should one last thing, Mike. Um I, So I didn't realize this. And maybe I missed it during during one of your answers. He coached literally like, um, like right up until his death, right? I, he, that, yeah, he, he coached.
1: You could say he coached until the day he died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was the he was the head coach at Long Beach State right, right. In, in the 1990 season. First right. of all, everybody was. And just bewildered over the fact that he he took that job at long beach State which right. is one of the lowliest division one programs at the time they had a winning season they were six and five that year so about a month after month and a half after their season ending game he he passed away it was um uh, december thirty first new year's eve nineteen ninety december thirty first and the i know that the story's been passed down and it was heavily reported at the time that it was because of the um the, the water drenching that he took after the season ending game which, which right, secured right. their their winning record for the season uh the Allen family did its own private autopsy and um it they it, that was not the direct conclusion that it was because of that you know the Gatorade or the water drenching or whatever um so like even uh, his daughter uh, Jennifer told me that he had he was uh, diagnosed with something related to AFib about you know a year before that and he never did anything about it. So he he could have been you know he could have had some cardio issue uh going back and it, he just you know never did anything about it and uh, so then maybe the water drenching exacerbated it.
0: Right. 11647 and 5. Two-time NFL coach of the year, 80 greatest Redskins, Commanders Ring of Fame. But only two and seven in the playoffs. So, you know, according to some, that must mean he sucks. Because if you can't win in the playoffs, uh, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, And I'm obviously being facetious and I'm teasing here. uh, In the... Uh, postseason, uh, you know, or in the regular season, I should say. It's called George Allen, A Football Life. We'll put up uh, all the links and all the information shortly. Mike Richmond, the author, uh, and has done great work. Uh, if you've missed any of Mike's stuff, I, again, he's covered this team uh, in, from a historical perspective in so many ways. Uh, the Redskins football vault and, uh, you know, I, I mean, just the Redskins encyclopedia and so much more. Uh, make sure you give Mike a look if you haven't already. Mike, thank you so much. Much. Look forward to seeing you sometime soon, if not Sunday, okay? Thank you very much, Chris, and thank you for all of your support with, with all my literary work and broadcasting work
1: throughout the years. You, you've always been there for me. Thank you, you very it. much. Uh,
0: pleasure. Uh, thank you, Mike. Mike Richmond with us again. George Allen a Football Life, good spot there. Uh, so much that I didn't even know about George Allen, right? I mean, the fact that he literally, as Mike just detailed, coached up until his death at Long Beach State. You know, and again, Bruce did not let us in. I would, have loved, I would have loved to sit down and had a couple of beers with Bruce because he was not shy about that and just learned about his life and his legacy and his dad and all that stuff. Never had any interest. But I'm glad he was good to Mike because, you know, again, Mike was able to put this book together because, in part, you know, Bruce's willingness to do it and to talk about his dad. So go get the book. We'll put up all the links and information uh, on social media. Appreciate, Mike, for joining us. Back in a flash. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.